story that must be told. People that help our community and keep it going. Unsung heroes of a school. I looked around and noticed so many people who should be talked about, who should be celebrated, and I wish I had time to talk about all of them. But today, I'll be talking to two people whose stories need to be told, and I just hope I do justice to their stories. The first person I thought of when I thought of someone who needed their story told was my grandma, a bus driver from Iroquois School District. Bus drivers are essential in the school community. Without them, a lot of students wouldn't even be able to come to school. They are dedicated, and there's a lot more to it than meets the eye, I quickly learned. I come in, and I have to sign in. Um, I am a sub, so it's a little different than a normal bus driver because I'll walk in and normally they try and give me a route the day before and I look it over. I know where I'm going to have to go. Uh, In the dark, it's really very hard because you don't know where the kids are and you're looking at addresses, you're looking for kids, you're looking at a lot of things. So um, I try and get the route the day before and look it over. Um, I go back out to my bus. I have to inspect my bus. We have over a hundred things on a bus that we are supposed to inspect and four different brake tests that you're supposed to do. They give you 15 minutes. They pay you 15 (laughs) minutes to do this. On your test, when you take your test, you get 10 minutes to do it. But anyway, they pay us 15 minutes to do this, to get our bus ready, to get it a little heated for the kids, and, um, and then we take off. Um, we run the route, come back afterward. Now at our school, because of COVID, we have a routine. You're supposed to be pulling in at a certain time each bus because they have to unload them individually to try and keep the kids away from each other. Um, After we've dropped off the kids, we park our bus and wait for our second route because we normally have two routes in the morning, two routes in the afternoon. That's a normal day. On the second one, we have to take temperatures on the kids before they go into school and just you know, try and talk to them, have them be in a good mood, us in a good mood, let them go into school. Normally, if you have, if you know the route, if it's your own route, you know the kids. Mm-hmm. And I knew this little boy had gotten in on my bus, mm-hmm. and I'm calling him. We're coming up to his stop, and I don't see his head popping up, and I'm calling him. I'm Matthew, 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 are you on the bus? Matthew, are you on the bus? And there weren't very many left. Mm-hmm. So I, no, nobody answered. So I went back to the bus garage. I started to walk through the bus because that's another thing. Every After every route, you walk through the bus and you normally hang up a flag. That means you've checked your bus. And I'm going back with the flag 
And all of a sudden, I'm walking through, and it's like, oh, my, oh my goodness. I said, Matthew, what are you doing here? <laughs> so I had to call in, turn the bus back on, call in and say, I have one student who fell asleep. He's still on the bus. Parents didn't even call. Let, you know, normally it was an elementary child. You would think the parent would call. As soon as the time went past what it should have been. Yeah, and they didn't. Okay, fine. So he calls the parents and tell them that he fell asleep on the bus and that we will be bringing him home in a car. (laughs) Now we have to take the car and I have to to do this Mm -hmm. whether I have an appointment or not. It's my responsibility to get him back home again. Mm -hmm. So then I had to go back out, drop him off at his house, and then come back to the school. It was like, oh my gosh. I remember that you used to get a, a little, you used to give little treat bags from Oriental yes. Trading. You would have, and you'd have yes. me and my siblings package them up. I remember that. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily expect a bus driver to, to do that for their kids. And I thought that was, I always thought that was something that was really sweet. That was kind of oh, extra well, that you did. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, yes. I tried to, uh, especially the younger ones, the older ones I would give pens or pencils to, but the, but the younger ones, uh, Halloween, uh, Christmas, Easter, uh, Valentine's day, you know, depending on what I was able to get and how much I wanted to spend. You know, it would get expensive, but it's still, they were my students and I enjoyed them. They were very good, all of them. So, yes, I enjoyed that. Um, there had been other things like, uh, this was also an elementary bus, when I had a little boy that we got to school and I had had him for a couple of days. This was the beginning of school, but I had had him for a couple of days and we're sitting there waiting to be let into school and um, all of a sudden I looked up in my mirror because I saw a lot of movement and I looked over and he was right in the front seat and he was pounding on two other little boys. So I jumped up, I grabbed his backpack and I pulled him off of the kids. And I'm I'm like, you sit in the seat here, don't move, don't you move. <laughs> and the other two, I separated them, and then I called in to have the, the principal come out. And I have to be looking in my mirror constantly to make sure, even if I put him alone, to make sure that this doesn't happen again. It's my responsibility that the other kids don't get hurt. And it, so I was very upset that I felt that they should I should be part of the circle mm-hmm. that knew what was going on with with my students. So. Yeah, because like you said, it, I don't think people necessarily think about how much it is a responsibility for you, and you're one person, and you're supposed to be driving. Yes, that's that's the biggest thing. Unless there's anything else that you wanted to kind of mention that... No. You think people maybe don't know or should know? Okay, um, yes. Most people don't realize that a school bus driver has to take a driving test, which is a, they call it a behind the wheel mm-hmm. test, every two years. We also have to take a, uh, 
written test every two years. They help us as much as possible. They bring up old tests and they will, you know, train us on them. Uh, we don't get paid for this, mm-hmm. for going in and and doing this stuff, but we get paid for the test. Mm-hmm. We don't get paid if we want to go in to get a little refresher course. Uh, we also have our, it's called a PP, PPE, which is a physical test. Jumping out of the bus, dragging 135 pounds, um, getting out of the bus and back in under a certain amount of seconds. Uh, there's a lot of things you have to be driving around our bus uh, garage and where you they ask you to turn on the wipers turn on the 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 left uh blinker turn on uh, the heater you know different things that we have to do while we're driving mm-hmm. so that they can see that we know where things are and still be able to drive and pay attention to other things so it's i mean we are tested on everything every two years and most people don't know that they think you you get behind the wheel and that's it you have your license and you're you're done for the rest of your life but no no we were we are tested every two two years on everything and a physical yearly The second story I want to bring up is Lancaster Middle School's own Officer Lohr, our school resource officer. My name is William Lohr. I'm a police officer with the town of Lancaster. Uh, I've been a police officer for 25 years and I'm currently assigned to the Lancaster School District as a school resource officer. Uh, Before that, uh, I was a detective, uh, patrolman, I was a field training officer, which is training new guys out of the academy. Uh, I was a SWAT guy for 11 years. Um, I'm a firearms instructor. I'm a certified general topic instructor, which means I can teach at the police academy. Um, And I'm a certified juvenile officer as well as a school resource officer. I was intrigued one day when I was standing at the door letting kids into the building and Officer Lower came out, as he usually does. I noticed him encouraging a girl who has been having a really hard time and has been in and out of school suspensions. Told her that coming to school was the first step to be in a better situation. It hit me. Before our conversations, I didn't really know what his job was. I thought, honestly, what does a school resource officer do all day? I wanted to find out. Sure, so obviously the biggest thing I do here is centered around school safety. Both the integrity of the building, um, more specifically uh, the staff, the students, the employees. It's a big part of my day, uh, constantly making sure the building is safe, both based on statistics of uh, active shooter situations and trends in crime and student behavior. Uh, From there, I move into, uh, I'm sort of a counselor. 
uh, assist the counselors, the social workers, uh, the school psychologists on a day in and day out basis. Um, I can counsel students, I can mentor students. You know, I help them out with situations that are going both in school as well as out of school. Uh, as a police officer, I do enforce the criminal laws. So if something happens on the school property, generally it comes to me to do. If something happens on or around the school property after school hours, you know, the officers on the road, they, they turn to me. So in that regard, I'm kind of a liaison between the school district and the police department. Uh, I do investigate criminal activity, again, both on and off the school property. Uh, a lot of kids have questions. Um, if the police are at their house or in their neighborhood over the weekend, um, they may have questions. They may not have the opportunity to ask those questions at the time. So anytime they want to come down to my office, they can come down, they can ask me about them, as well as juvenile law questions. You know, some kid may have an interest in being a police officer. You know, what does it take? Stuff like that. Uh, I, again, assisting my department. If there's an outside school investigation going on, sometimes I can help facilitate them getting in touch with students or parents of other parties involved. And last thing, uh, protection. You know, school events, prom, um, uh, football games, sportings. Uh, but the biggest thing, again, is school safety, as well as being a positive uh, role model in um, a student's life. Sometimes the most normal part of a student's day is when they're in school. So having a positive role model, you know, over and above is your school teacher or a hall monitor or a principal or your counselor, having a positive role model like me is something that they can benefit from as well. Uh, so the short answer is the school resource officer before me thought I would be very good at it and had been trying for several years to get me to do it. And you know, I was hesitant at first, you know, I, I guess I was, uh, ignorant to the fact of what he did. You know, I would say, ah, you're just a high-priced babysitter. That's all you're doing. Uh, but I finally listened to him. I gave it a shot. You know, at, at 20 years, I'd done everything within my department. And when I interviewed and I started to see uh, in the background all the stuff that truly goes on, I was, you know, my eyes were open. Um, I've always liked kids. You know, I have two boys of my own that have come up through this school district. One's in senior in college, the other is a senior in high school. Um, so I've always been impressed by the district, but seeing the behind the scenes and how much these people work to keep a kid on the right path, um, it just impressed the heck out of me. It's very nice to, after 20 years, to when you're out on the road dealing with problems day in and day out, to come in here and then to be more proactive and a part of the solution. Um, so I've enjoyed that very much. The more we talked, the more thankful I was for his work at the school. I didn't realize how much he did. And these people and many other people like them have done so many different things behind the scenes, especially this year because of COVID again <laughs> so like anything extra like COVID, okay. like with yes. yes delivering anything well 
delivering, we've had to deliver meals for some of them as far as the uh, the hybrid. When they're not in school, we de- deliver their breakfast and lunch. And the the ones that are virtual, Full remote, we, yeah. m- they have a lot of those that we have to deliver their breakfast and lunch. Anyone who requests it gets a breakfast and lunch. Now, a lot of them will come to school, just like your mother, mm-hmm. but some of them will not. They might have younger children at home, other children at home, and they just or don't have a vehicle. And then we have had to drop off meals. now, And that's probably a two-hour run extra that we have to have everything together and we have to carry it up to the house, which I'm in a more remote area. And, I mean, it can get heavy, complicated, uh, whatever. We've had, I've had to take it up a muddy driveway and carry it all the way up there in a milk carton with three breakfasts, six milks, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a lot uh, it, it's a lot of work and this was 29 stops with 150 breakfasts. So it's like wow, you mm-hmm. know what's they might not be far apart but they're all over. You only hit, we only send three bu- uh, buses out at the mm-hmm. time, and we were doing it one person at a time. Now they try and get two people to deliver a driver plus the the, mm-hmm. dr- the person that drops it off. On a normal day, day in and day out, this is school is generally the most normal part of some of these kids' days. They have the ability to check in with a counselor, a social worker, check in with a trusted adult. With COVID and having the cohorts and the remote and the hybrid instruction, some of these kids are getting lost in translation. They're not in the classroom every day. We don't have eyes on them. And it's very hard to check on a kid over a computer and some kids just aren't showing up. So I have the ability to respond to their houses to get eyes on them, to do what's called a welfare check or a home visit, and I can facilitate a conversation between the child and the family and, say, the school. You know, I've taken principals to houses, I've taken social workers. You know, people are a little more forgiving when a police car pulls up in the driveway as opposed to a social worker in her own car, right? They don't, they don't know what the car is, they may not never have met the social worker, I pull up, hi, I'm Officer Lower, I'm a school resource officer. This is our social worker. We have some genuine concerns. Can we talk to you about them? So that's been a huge thing for getting eyes on kids. You know, I can help them with other things. Um, I pick kids up that uh, miss the bus, aren't coming to school. I can come and say, you gotta be in school. And generally they will leave with me. Uh, we had a family that was having poor uh, Wi-Fi service. So me and one of the counselors went out and we went out on three separate dates with a MiFi, got it working so that child could remotely log in and participate. So we do a little bit of everything. Thank you so much. You're 
These people and so many others have taken on a lot to keep our students fed and safe. Their stories needed to be told so that people actually know what these people do to help students be successful. I am so thankful for them and I hope that you have a new appreciation for those people in your life that may be unsung heroes of your community.